0: Well, Robin, here it is, my secret laboratory. Bob, I had no idea there was a secret door behind the tiny desk shelves. Yep. Here's where I think I've discovered the secret to happiness. Yeah? Yeah, just sit down there and put this put this brain cap on. Looks like an old colander attached to some speaker wires. It is. Uh, but, but just bite down on this spoon. Okay, uh-huh. And when I flip the lever here, it'll send a large jolt of, well, let's call it radioactive airways, directly to your brain, causing a chemical chain reaction that... Okay, wait, wait. I actually think there's a, an easier way to be happy. What do you mean, how? Well,
1: by supporting the NPR stations that make shows like All Songs Considered possible. Yeah? Sure. When you support your local NPR station, you're helping to bring things like Tiny Desk, New Music Friday, and All Songs Considered into the world. That brings music and a whole lot of joy to everyone.
0: And being a part of that feels great, right? I guess you're right. How do I do it? Just go to donate.npr.org music. Donate.npr.org slash music. Yep, and that's where you'll find your local station and you can get started. Donate.npr.org slash music. Got it. Just be sure to give and show your support before the end of the year. I
1: can do that. All right, now, just for fun, uh, go ahead and throw that lever.
0: It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan from my home in the Washington, D.C. area, and I share a screen with Ann Powers, who is in Nashville. Hey, Ann. Hello, Bob. Uh, we're going to count down what our music-loving listeners and nerds picked for their top 20 albums for 2020. This listen's is really quite different from the NPR Music top 50. In fact, I'll put a top 50 of our nerdy listeners up there, too, so you can look and be amazed at some of the picks. And Only about a dozen albums were the same from our listener picks to the npr music picks and uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about as to why that's true
2: doesn't it really reflect the incredible amount of music and, and great music that came out in a year when uh, we were all supposed to be woodshedding and having existential crises yet the music world rolled on and artists continued to be creative and listeners continued to crave what they could give us
0: and and in some ways i think our list reflects because we listen to so much new, new stuff. Our our list reflected more new stuff. And, and one of the things that this top 20, and this is not a diss at all, but one of the things about this top 20 list that we're about to go through is it's, it contains an awful lot of established artists. And um, <laughs> the one most established is number 20, Mr. Bob Dylan. There you go. And his rough and rowdy ways made uh, number 20.
2: So established that he's brand new again. When this record came out, I wasn't at all surprised or shocked that it was yet another masterwork from Bob Dylan. And yet there's always a little bit of a sense of surprise because, I mean, the man is turning 80 in 2021. He is the elder of elders. He is the, if anybody could rest on their laurels, it, it would be Bob Dylan. If anybody could go pursue his hobbies, his hobby of a of being an iron worker, which is literally his hobby. He makes like giant <laughs> iron gates or, you know, develop his whiskey business that he has now. It's Bob Dylan's right to do that. But no, he's still as engaged with the issues of the day, as dedicated to writing epic songs that, that connect with all of American and world history. And he still sounds great. His voice still sounds great.
0: And speaking of epic songs, <laughs>
2: my God. Gosh. The epicist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Murder Most Foul was one of the more extraordinary songs of 2020, and it, its origins are around the, the assassination of John Kennedy in 1963. It makes references, I think you and I figured out, to about 84 <laughs> different songs inside of this song. Let's play just a little. We're going to play mostly bits of songs and put all of them online. Here uh, in full. So, uh, but we're talking albums. It was a it was a great album, but this was certainly the song that that pulled so many of us in. So let's play "Murder Most Foul."
3: It was a dark day in Dallas, November sixty-three. A day that will live on in for me. President Kennedy was a right line. Good day to be living and a good day to die. Being led to the slaughter like a sacrificial lamb. You say, wait a minute, boys. You know who I am. Of course we do. We know who you are. We'll mock you and shock you, and we'll put it in your face. We've already got someone here to take your place. The day they blew out the brains of the king. Thousands were watching no one saw a thing. It happened so quickly, so quick by surprise. Right there in front of everyone's eyes Greatest magic trick ever under the sun Perfectly executed, skillfully done Wolfman, oh wolfman, oh wolfman, man rub it dub dub it's a murder most foul
0: I'm old enough to have... Uh been alive during the Kennedy assassination and my teacher that year, Ms. Lopez, uh, a black uh, woman, I just remember uh, somebody walking in the door, whispering something in her ear and watching her burst into tears. And uh, Dylan captures this so beautifully and so poetically, something that happened so long ago
2: perhaps uh, not intentionally. The mood he captures, the the resonances he captures in this song inspired by the Kennedy assassination uh, echo all the way into the present are our, our complicated, constantly, consistently shocking year of 2020.
0: We're gonna make a twist and a turn here because we're <laughs> gonna get through lots of stuff. Um, (laughs) There was thoughtful music in 2020, but oh my gosh, there was an awful lot of dancing music.
2: Thinking and dancing music together, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, maybe it was Lars Gottrich, our wonderful friend and colleague who coined the phrase uh, dancing alone in your kitchen or sad disco. And this Nick's record, Charlie XCX, it's not a disco record, but it really captures both the joy of what we're missing or what we've missed during the pandemic of gathering together with, with bodies, of falling in love, of being on a dance floor and sweating and partying, and also kind of that wistful mood of being in quarantine. She made this record, How I'm Feeling Now. In quarantine. And Bob, it's a pop record, but it's just as much like an auteur record, a singer songwriter record, as any other because Charlie XCX, her heart and soul is at the center of this music.
0: Let's play uh, Pink Diamond from Charlie XCX.
4: I just wanna go real hard, pink diamond in the dark I just wanna go real hard, I just wanna go real hard I just wanna go real hard, I just wanna go real hard Pink diamond in the dark, I just wanna go real hard I just wanna go real hard, I just wanna go real hard Step gloss on and I'm looking like a star Got a tiny bag but i got a big heart On the video, Jack, skirt and a bra I'm pretty so fine, kinda feeling like a suck Gonna give you good views, watch me whip it up I'm really so rare, I'm sent from above Wish you could come round, pick me up in your car Yeah, I just wanna go real hard Diamond in the dark, I just want to go real hard. 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 Pink diamond in the dark. I
5: just want to go real hard. I just
4: want to go real hard. I just want to go real hard for days. I just want to feel in different ways. Every single night kind of feels the same. I'm a pink diamond. I need to be online and I'm going to say cameras. Watch me shine for the boys in the cameras in real life. Could the club even handle us in real life? Could the club even handle I just want to go real hard.
0: I just want to go real hard. Pink diamond in the sonically. Out there, totally out there, and wonderful.
2: You know, Bob, a new term was uh, floating around this year, hyper-pop, and Charlie XCX is maybe the inventor of it. I mean, it's been floating around for a while, but it was quite a year for hyper-pop for that kind of music that is perfect for the dance floor but also feels like it would be perfect for the Matrix or a simulated world. You know, it seems as much generated by artificial intelligence as by real people like Charlie XCX, and this record of hers captures that uh, quality perfectly.
0: Uh, so that came in at number 19, the Charlie XEX record, How I'm Feeling Now. We'll, uh, number 18 is the BTS record, Map of the Soul 7. Uh, we won't play everything, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get some note from a BTS fan. Could be a chance that might happen <laughs> for not playing it. But I wanted to contrast again uh, the Charlie XEX with uh, what was my favorite song of 2020. Uh, came from uh, Adrienne Linker. We know Adrienne Linker from Big Thief. She made a record in a cabin in the woods. (laughs) You know, that just was, it was perfect. It was stripped in a way that I love hearing music. It was just her and that voice and guitar on a analog tape machine. She put out two albums this year. One called Songs, one called Instrumentals, the album Songs made it to number 17 so I'll play uh, my favorite song called anything That idea of just appreciating every single moment and all the details of a moment not talking about things just enjoying that that beauty of the everyday
2: it's tempting to hear the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic and everything and every piece of music every every novel you read every movie you watch in this case uh, i mean it's an undeniable that what adrian linker's created connects with experiences we were all having, experiences of solitude, of slowing down. I mean, I don't know about you, Bob, but for me, quarantine meant I took a hard look at my life and how much I have been running around and not paying attention to those little details. And I don't want to say anything is a blessing this year, but there's value in that space. And I think uh, this music that she's made captures both the quality of loss and sadness, but also the strange beauty of that solitude.
0: I took up macro photography this year, which is exactly looking very closely at the small things that we all walk by every day that we don't pay attention to. And so that's what macro photography is. And, And I was really, really just in the midst of exploring the micro world of flowers and you know gardens and stuff and I, when I heard that song and they just meshed perfectly together.
2: Wow that's so funny because my favorite song of the year was actually just a single by the singer-songwriter Jess Williamson with Hand Habits the guitar- Meg Daly the sure. guitarist and you know what it's called? Pictures of Flowers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Uh, so number 17 was Adrian Laker. We're going to 16 was Mac Miller, uh, Circle, what's his sixth and final album from Mac Miller.
2: Yeah, I mean, the loss of the rapper, I'm going to call him a singer-songwriter, Mac Miller um, was a real tragedy. He, he died too young, and this is his uh, final posthumous release. And I think it really hit people, as any posthumous release does, but also just an excellent record. It just makes it all the more sad that we don't have him around to make more records.
0: And his Tiny Desk concert was one of the last things he did and performed. You could see the heart and love for all the musicians of one another watching that. And uh, and when he passed just about a month or so after uh, that Tiny Desk performance, I-, I remembered so much the moment of love that was shared amongst friendship.
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's always important to remember that the loss of people through misadventure drugs or other other forms of misadventure, we must reserve judgment on the person. And it seems like Mac Miller was was so loved and a real tragedy that we lost him in that way.
0: Let's go to number 15, uh, Perfume Genius, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite album title. Of I the know.
2: Year. This record set my heart on fire immediately. Mike Hadrius just continuing his his arc of ascension as the poet of sensuality and all of its joy and and pain and complexity and you know this record is about masculinity quote unquote but uh you don't have to identify as masculine to love and and feel connected to these songs it's it's as with everything with mike and uh perfume genius it's about desire it's about how music rushes through your body just says you know The desire to be with another person rushes through your body. And it's also about thinking through how intimate connections shape yourself and your identity in your life. But man, it made you dance. It made you cry. This could have been the only record I listened to this year and I would have been okay.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Body shaking sounds and lots of cool uh, sonic textures. Let's play from uh, the number 15 albums, Set My Heart on Fire Immediately. Let's play the song Describe.
2: Wow, that song takes me back to Seattle, 1992, in some ways. Of course, Mike Hadrius has Pacific Northwest connections. It has that force of a great you know, rock song from Nirvana or something. I also hear
0: Bowie in there, too. Yeah!
2: Oh, totally. Bowie is totally in there. And what's interesting about that song is Mike has talked about how it started as a very quiet, you know, dark, introspective ballad, but just, like, became, he used the word, this beast, you know. It really became a huge song. It evokes depression and the need for someone to bring him, Mike, back from a depression by describing the joy and excitement of life. And the song just does that. I mean, the song actually enacts what it's about. And There's a line in there that I love. He says, his love and felt like ribbons, an echo in the canyon. And I just love that description of intimacy and and desire. It's, again, that's what my, makes Mike Hadrius such a great songwriter, being able to capture that.
0: The end of this song. It's this beautiful, moody, you've heard all of this stuff and thought all these words, and then it gives you a couple of minutes to just take it
2: all in. Love that. Isn't it great when music does what it says it's going to do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We
0: have... um, Number 14 came from, again, another really well-established group, and and, uh, that's The Strokes, The New Abnormal, which is a pretty good uh, title for a record.
2: (laughs) I think it's great that listeners voted this one at 14 because I love when listeners are loyal to a band, you know, and and The Strokes rose to the occasion. They made a great record for their longtime fans.
0: Yeah, that was their sixth album produced by Rick Rubin. You just mentioned loyalty and fans voting for stuff, which I love. And I was talking about well-established artists on our list. But our next artist is maybe the only one, certainly in the top 20 and maybe in all of the top 50, who could sort of ha- be said to have a debut album. There's a Haley Williams on our list. We know her from uh, Paramore, who put out a debut album. That's legit. But Rina Sawayama put out sort of a mini album a handful of years ago, back in 2017. But this, we will call her debut album and the only debut album to make it on our top 20 list. The album's called Sawayama.
2: At such a young age, only 20 years old, uh, Rina Sawayama is already a fully-fledged artist with such a vision. And... And she is engendering loyalty uh, among her fans, even with this only being uh, her debut album. She's Japanese, she's based in the UK, and she's creating this sound that takes us to the dance floor and the rock arena at the same time. She expresses her own identity as pansexual. There's protest in this music, there's defiance in this music, there's a lot of joy. And just a lot of swag, <laughs> you know. I mean, she has she has so much style, and I I just love that about her. And and tenderness. So, what do you want to play? Let's hear Comme de Garçon," which all those elements I mentioned are in this song. And uh, if you're sitting down, stand up because you got to dance now.
0: Can I just record you doing that?
4: So confident excuse my ego, come, go egg on Every time you see me, it's like winning picking Reno. Don't fuck with me, ho, take you down like Judo. Make it rain and take it means from London to Meguro.
0: I remember listening to this record, uh, putting on the album, and uh this song came on. And I thought, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was listening to Rina Sawayama. Uh, This can't be the same record. And and I'm running to look at, like, did I have it on, you know, random play or something? But (laughs) give this one second here. Uh, I'll just abbreviate. The the title is S-T-F-U with an exclamation mark, and you can figure out uh, the rest. Uh, But I love that there is so, like you said, the rock arena, the dance floor, so true.
2: It's all there inside of her, (laughs) and we are just standing in awe.
0: So that was Rena Sawiyama coming in at number 13, the number 12 album from Tame Impala, the slow rush of music of Kevin Parker. Uh, the fifth album, another uh, dancey record and sonic adventure. Yeah,
2: Bob, it's interesting. I have been surveying uh, members of our NPR music family about who loves Tame Impala, and Bobby Carter, Tiny Desk producer, he reps hard for Tame Impala. He loves it, and that makes a lot of sense because you know this is the kind of pop artist, a white guy, who makes music that that appeals across all borders and. The groove in this music uh, is, just attracts people who love great dance music, great R and b. At the same time, the lyrics on the Slow rush, if you uh, seek them out, they're definitely, you know, integrated into the mix. You might not get the lyrics initially just by listening. But they're quite uh, philosophical and at times heavy, dealing with time, with the loss of Parker's father, with his uh, desire to grow up and have adult relationships. So, you know, this is a record that does make you think as well as bliss out.
0: And a wonderful Tiny Desk concert Bobby brought in for us that should be watched, a home concert with Kevin and his band. Uh, let's go next to number 11. We'll play a cut from The weekend.
2: So I've been thinking about The Weekend, Abel Tesfaye. Oh, I mean, just a huge star. His song, Blinding Lights, which came out in 2019, is, was the most uh, commercially successful uh, song of the year. Of uh, this what? year, yeah. Apparently of every year, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, Beatles. We have The Weekend now. <laughs> but, you know, what is it that makes The Weekend appealing? I've been thinking about it, and I hit on a, I hit on a phrase... The, he is the Enya of sex. <laughs> okay, ask me what I mean. How,
0: how, uh, well, first I thought, what would Enya think about that? But but yeah, what do you mean?
2: <laughs> the New Age uh, mystical Shantuz Enya, who's experiencing a revival among Gen Z and millennial fans. Her music is, you know, it's so comforting in a way. And yet it takes you to another world. And that's kind of what The weekend's music is like. I mean, it's so perverse. Like his lyrics are really perverse and his pers- persona. And, you know, he's definitely singing about living on the edge, sex, drugs, you know, hip hop, rock and roll, whatever. But then the sound, it just envelops you like a weighted blanket.
0: What should we listen to from uh, The weekend?
2: Let's listen to Heartless and Just enjoy that choir boy voice of Abel. Pero When the weekend was first starting out, I was uh, in New Orleans for the summer, and I just went down to House of Blues to check it out, you know, because I was curious. I walked into that club, and it was like walking into another world. The crowd was so into it, you would have thought it was a Kanye show or or a Springsteen show, the fanatical love this audience has for the weekend, and he's only grown that audience since then massively.
0: Uh, number ten is Lady Gaga. The album Chromatica came out at number ten.
2: What to say about uh, our great polymath, Lady Gaga, who can go from making jazz standards to country flavored music to starring in a new version of A Star Is Born, to you know, right back to her fantastical, science fiction, futuristic dance music universe, and that's what she, uh, where she went on Chromatica. It's it's vintage Gaga that still looks to the future.
0: And number nine came in uh, someone more close to your neck of the woods for the first time in our little list here. We've not played any music from the reaches of Nashville and Alabama-based music. Jason Isbell on the 400 unit. The album's called Reunions. He's a man with a big heart. And the one thing he did uh, that I love about the release of this album was that he released it first for independent record shops, who obviously, like so many small especially walk-in businesses, were hurting. And I, that just speaks to who he is and what he's about.
2: It truly does speak to who Jason Isbel is. And he and his, his uh, creative partner and wife, Amanda Shires, who's also a member of the 400 unit, um, making extraordinary music this year. Shout out to Amanda. High Women swept the Americana Awards this year. She's it in sure that super did. group. Um, but reunions, uh, what can be said, another great, amazing set of poignant short stories really in the form of songs from Jason uh, with that great band he's had. I mean, if there's a personal loss I feel this year connected to music, it's not being able to see bands like Jason's on a regular basis because every year they rock the Ryman here in town for uh, an extended run and I just wish I could be in that mother church of country music listening to this music. On this album, Jason does what he does best. He spins tales with such poignancy and uh, shares them in a voice like no other. Uh, We lost our our great mentor and Nashville Saint John Prine this year. And I don't want to say anybody's ever stepping into John's role or John's shoes because that's just wrong. And there's plenty of people who John mentored who you could say are stepping into his, the space he left. But, you know, Jason carries on the best thing about John Prine, which is that uh, sense of the ordinary person and of ordinary vulnerability. And we hear that on this song, Dreamsicle, that I brought into play.
1: Guess we're leaving town again. We're moving out, and moving in. Gotta break the news to all my friends, but they won't care. They'll just find another face to fall behind, take my place, To run way past second base and just stand there. And dream sick on a summer night. Ring around the moon Better get home soon Poison oak and poison ivy Dirty jokes blew right by me Mama curling up beside me Crying to herself Why can't daddy just come home Forget whatever he did wrong He's in a hurry go on a summer night in a folding chair i'm still packing up my room
2: gotta get home soon
0: yeah i love the details in his storytelling for sure
2: the twist in that story, you know, you think it's a nostalgic story. And if it was a mainstream country hit, it would be. It would just be, hey, remember small town life and eating a dreamsicle. But then it's about um, a broken family. And the dreamsicle is the small gift the mom gives the son yeah. because uh, dad's not around. That is the thing that makes Jason Isbell a great storyteller, that little, that little turn.
0: Agreed. Totally. <laughs> Let's move to number eight is by Fleet Foxes, uh, a record released on the autumnal equinox, uh, it, it precisely at least West Coast time. Robin Pecknold did a lot without his band for this record. Started recording it in 2019, but some of it was recorded during the pandemic and some beautiful, beautiful harmony Harkens to well, his love for the water is no coincidence. That there's also a sound of the Beach Boys for me. Yeah, in yes, the, in the in the intriguing period the Beach Boys had.
2: Maybe a kind of Pacific Northwest twist on the Beach Boys, like the water is there, but you got to walk on some rocks to get to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the album's called Shore, came in at number eight. Number seven's by Heim, <laughs> which is uh, Women of Music Part Three. What I love, I love that the cover of this record shows them, the three sisters, uh, at a Jewish deli at the ah. deli uh, <laughs> called Cantor's in Los Angeles, where they did their very first show in 2000. And just about when this record was going to come, they did a secret deli tour. And one of those dates was here in Washington, D.C. on March the 12th right about the time that the mayor of Washington was about to declare a state of emergency here in DC. Wow. Doing something small and intimate and wonderful. You wanna talk about Haim and what you love about uh, Women in Music part three?
2: Well, the Heim sisters just keep getting better and they define rock in the 2020s, you know? Like this is what rock and roll sounds like. Three women uh, just in tune with each other, a great harmonies just as we uh, heard on the Fleet Foxes record. But it's all about that sister connection. and. This record is also about internal struggles and and hardships that each of the sisters faced, Uh, the death of a friend, the illness of a loved one, and the struggles of being a woman in the music world. There's a great little song called Man from the Magazine on this record that details an encounter with a journalist, I'm not proud to say, and the sexism of that journalist. And I love that Haim is laying it on the table, like the, the sisters are telling it like it is, uh, and the song that I wanted to play really does that. It is a confrontation with a, with a partner, you know, and it, I just have to say, Bob, as a woman, <laughs> if you have, you know, for women who, who have uh, male partners and, and progressive male partners, feminist men in their lives, I bet you've thought these thoughts that are in this song. So check it out. It's called The Steps. Now, so many uh, women of Heim's generation uh, love Stevie Nicks. I feel like this is a tribute to Stevie and a song that Stevie could have written. For for Lindsay Buckingham, around the time of rumors. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, she's, I love uh, the lyric, every day I wake up and make money for myself, and though we share a bed, you know that I don't need your help. Do you understand? You don't understand me. It's like, this is a struggle. This is a working woman's struggle. and I never heard a song like this before, so props to you. Thanks for doing it, Haim.
0: And in a way that... Uh you want to sing along.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me, I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's number seven, Women in Music, part three. Let's take a break and we'll come right back and count down to the number one album of 2020 as you, our listeners, picked it. You're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize
1: in issues such as isolation, depression, stress, anxiety, and more.
2: Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com songs to learn more and get 10% off your first month.
0: It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm here with Ann Powers. She's in Nashville. I'm here in the Washington, D.C. area. We are counting down listener picks for the top 20 albums. We'll put a top 50 of those picks online for you to see and to hear. Dua Lipa came in at number six, Future Nostalgia. We just put up a wonderful tiny desk from her. Also, there was one this year, a home concert concert from Haim as
2: well. So many great home concerts, it's just astounding uh, what Tiny Desk brought to the world this year.
0: We did over a hundred home concerts
2: this year. Insane, and from huge stars, uh, I mean BTS, did a home concert, but then also from emerging artists like one of my favorites, Ashley Ray. I love that Tiny Desk still balances, you know, the brand new artists out of Nashville, uh, like Ashley Ray, next to the superstar. You know, that's what makes Tiny Desk so special.
0: Thanks. One group that came uh, Tiny Desk uh, a long time ago and autographed a banana. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. It was Run the Jewels. <laughs> <laughs> There's a segue for you. Uh, <laughs> Apropos actually, of nothing.
2: <laughs> <okay>.
0: <laughs> what they did this year to music and with politics and putting back into the culture their feelings of what they saw was really pretty special. RTJ four is the album.
2: Yeah, this is a record that uh, you know, file under perfect timing. This album was ready to release on June fifth, but last week of May The killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis uh, at the hands of uh, Minneapolis police occurred. The video of that event circulated around the world and a new phase of social justice activism was born. And Killer Mike and LP, the two venerable rappers, uh, producer behind, run the jewels. They pushed the release date up just a couple days because they felt like this music had to get out in the world. I think the fact that RTJ4 resonates so strongly with the Black Lives Matter movement and with this moment in social activism says so much about Run the Jewels because the music was obviously made before the events of this summer, um, and yet the, the Killer Mike and LP they are always right there in the middle of what's happening in the streets, and you know this is just veterans who never get old. Veterans who keep their ears to the ground and their eyes on the future. It's just so relevant, incredibly relevant.
0: What should we play from the record?
2: We're gonna hear a track, Pulling the Pin, Bob. Um, And I chose this one because it features another elder who is immortal, Mavis Staples.
5: Yeah, they out.
6: From a long line that the ran to swine can the violators, the cloven foot design is a high crime for the Iron Angels. Twisting down through time, see them trying to unwind creation. Don't be surprised, it's a mistake to think their influence had faded. But well, what a wretched state of danger we've made here, I thought to me. Perhaps explaining years of self-lobotomy, toxically. Perhaps explaining tears and even tears of my cosmology. You numb yourself for years and it could wear upon you honestly. These old foxes got a lot of plots to our foxes. Hey. Trying to divvy up and dump the corresponding boxes. How obnoxious. With the heart of mine connect, expect them targeting like arches. You will not travel towards the light, if they're in charge of your departure. You think the universe forgot us, the way to curse and pitch their product. So our spirit's not a fire, that can't be snuffed to turn to dollars. What the expanse across all space can't be contained in one small dollar. Now I see that it's the same moment in history, back to haunt us. And here we are again. Hello, boy. Long time the first time calling it Every cage built needs an occupant Got a dead ball, see you lock it in Had a good run but they stopping it Wanna walk man, to a carpet lit your heart out, fiction fan Truly the truth, the stranger document
1: And at best I'm just getting it wrong, wrong And at worst I've been right from the start It hurts I've been torn apart There's a grenade in my heart And the pit is in their heart. There's a grenade, there's a grenade,
5: a
6: grenade. At best I feel difficult but when you're pitiful. Then every day can like a satanic ritual. Beautiful soul with the rogue in the criminal. I know must the holy hold on to they principle. Kicking and screaming while watching the demons collecting the gold and the diamond residuals. My pastor say God has promised this paradise. Live a good life in this pivotal. I promised my mama that I would stay honest, but I want it all in the physical. And promise I'm honest, i probably be punished, cause keeping that promise too difficult. So picture me red as I sit on the bed with my hands on my head in this pistol, too. Why the fuck must I be miserable? The devils, they do the despise And still they move like they invincible. These filthy criminals sit at the pinnacle, doing the typical, keeping us miserable. Taking the most and providing the minimal. Hate to sound cynical, but shit is pitiful. Times is just critical. Like Jimmy appeal, they gently kill kids in a ritual. I'll murder the miserables. I'll make it all biblical. I cut out the hands that back of their life and I put it up digital. Fuck the political. The mission is spiritual. A murderous miracle that was in here that just punished the
1: terrorists. Static in my mind. mind. Like sanity on borrowed time. Like right and wrong can't be defined. There's a grenade in my heart and a pen is in their palm. There's a grenade.
5: A, grenade. a grenade in my
2: heart. Uh, doesn't that, that sound of Mavis just, just break your heart? Doesn't it just break your heart?
0: It's so great to hear from her.
2: And I Killer Mike, it. you know, he was out there really as a, as an activist and public figure too this year. Just uh, one of the men of the year, I think. So I'm really happy this record was was here for us when we needed it.
0: A beautiful record came out from Waxahachie, and that came in at number four, which was a wonderful, pleasant surprise uh, for me. Uh, Katie Crutchfield's been making music as Waxahachie for a a long time now, and there's something more Southern about this record, something that has a—you could probably speak to it better than I. She was born in uh, in Alabama, and you can hear that more on this record. Maybe it's just me.
2: I guess you could identify Katie Crutchfield's journey as part of a— part of a trend. I don't want to reduce it to that. But, you know, yeah, Katie uh, emerged as a great artist. I think we're living in Philly, part of the East Coast indie rock scene. Now she's in Kansas with her partner, Kevin Morby.
0: And a beautiful tiny desk that they did together as <laughs> <That's> well <laughs> that we've put online. Yeah.
2: One thing people have been talking about this year, Bob, is uh, I don't want to call it a luxury, but the pandemic has caused people to to realize they don't necessarily have to stay in the urban centers where they think their careers are, right? And uh, Katie Crutchfield's journey Away from the coast, the East Coast, and back to, in this case, the Midwest. Maybe that's part of what makes this record special. You know, there's a kind of a settling into herself, and as you said, a more pastoral feeling. Some people have called it Americana. I mean, to me, it's just another great Waxahachie record. I have there's <laughs> there hasn't really been one that I haven't absolutely yeah, loved. True, true. But she she got sober. She's moved to a new place and. And all of those things factored into the focus and perspective on this record.
0: Uh, let's play a song called Lilacs. It's sort of, uh, both in the rim shot of the snare and the lyrics of the song, uh, sort of feels like the ticking of time to me. One, two,
7: three, four. I wake up feeling nothing the from the sky. I sit at my piano, wonder the wild rip by. And the lilacs drank the water, and the lilacs die. And the lilacs drank the water, marking the slow, slow, slow Work my way through the day. I run it like a silent movie. I run it like a violent song. I run it like a voice compelling. So right, it can't be wrong. If I'm a broken record, right in the dust. Dilettante. I run it like I'm happy, baby Like I got everything I want I'm a broken red.
0: What a beautiful song. Lilacs from Waxahachie. Our number four album, St. Cloud. Our number four album. We're going to head to the top three now with uh, Fiona Apple. Uh, I still remember the day at South by Southwest where you sang and danced a little Fiona Apple dance. Like, a,
2: my whole life is a Fiona Apple dance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i thought of you the moment this record came out
2: <laughs> oh my gosh so was she ah what do you say about when this record came out it was like she she was our savior for a minute you know i mean people were so excited when this record hit and yeah fiona hadn't released a record for for many years and i didn't really realize she had one coming but then you know one day on her socials it popped up here she is doing a Uh, finger spelling, sign language, my record is done. And then uh, a couple weeks later, the announcement came, and then there it was. It was really like a whole world that we could walk into, don't you think, Bob?
0: Rhythmically, lyrically, the surprises, there was nothing very predictable about it. The lyrics were captivating. Uh, What do you want to play from Fetch the Bolt Cutters?
2: I immediately fixated on this song, Kick Me Under the Table, which I had a revelation about this song just last week, Bob. I thought, oh, what a great metaphor for, especially for women who feel like they've been silenced, you know, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. But then I listened to the lyrics more closely. I realized it's not a metaphor. This freaking happened. (laughs) This is a true story, people.
4: With me, I would beg to disagree, but begging disagrees with me.
8: I told you I didn't wanna go to this dinner. You know I don't go for those ones that you bother about. So when they say something that makes me start to simmer, that fancy wine won't put this fire out. Oh, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up, I won't shut up Keep me under the table all you want I won't shut up, I won't shut up I'd like to buy you a pair of pillows, soled hiking boots To help you with your climb Or rather to help the bodies that you step over along your route, So they won't hurt like mine all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. And if I don't want to go, leave me alone. Don't push me. Cookie, don't push me. Don't you push me. If you get me to go and I open my mouth to the fucking mutton that they're talking about, you could pout, but don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you shush me. Kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick mm-hmm. me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I won't shut up. Kick me under the table. do push me, don't you push me If you get me to go on, I open my mouth to the fucking mutton That they're talking about, you the pal But don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you shush me
0: disagrees with me <laughs> <laughs>
2: and shout out to Davi Garza who's one of uh, one of the band members on this record and just someone whose career I have followed since its beginning um, I always encourage anyone who says they loves fetch the boat cutters to go into his body of work which is extensive and he's so creative so number
0: two number <laughs> two <laughs> you talked about surprises in records Taylor Swift's folklore.
2: Were you surprised, Bob? I need to know. How did you feel when you heard that uh, Taylor Swift is working with Aaron Dessner of The National? Yes,
0: and Bonnie Vare. Yeah. uh, Unexpected. I love when musicians do that, and I love when musicians get outside their box. You know, one of the things, and maybe I'm looking too deep into this, but one of the things that all musicians get into is that cycle. You make a record, you go on tour. You get a little break, you write a record, you go on tour. And it's hard to step back and think about, what is it that I really want to do? And not many musicians will take the time to do that. And I think that's what happened here.
2: I think you're right. I think also we need to acknowledge the presence of Joe Alwyn, Taylor's significant other, who we know is an actor. But she said in interviews that he's also a musician. He co-wrote some of the songs on this record and also on um, even more recent release, Evermore. And she said that one thing that's inspired her is he'll just be playing music around the house. Like she'll walk into a room and there he is playing a guitar, playing the piano. And it makes you wonder, like, okay Taylor Swift she's been a star since she was a teenager she came up in Nashville in a very kind of um, you know let's say regimented scene you know country music mainstream country music you go into an office and you co-write with other people and you know it's very professional and that's Taylor her whole life she's been a professional and suddenly she's like so many people this year her profession was pulled out from under her and she's very lucky she's super rich and she was able to handle that financially. But what that seems to have done to her identity is, you know, caused her to, to take risks, like you're saying, and, and just relax. This record has the sense of someone relaxing into herself and telling stories that she might not have told otherwise. There are songs from different perspectives on this record, songs about historical figures. She sings from the male point of view. She also sings about her usual themes of love and, you know, all of that stuff. It, the sound of it, you know, the connection with Aaron Dessner is so different, too, while maintaining the core of who Taylor is. And yes, I was surprised <laughs> at the collaboration. But in retrospect, it makes total sense to me. I mean, the kinds. Of soundscapes that uh, that Aaron and Bryce, his brother, craft in the national, uh, and Bryce does string arrangements on the more recent Taylor record, Evermore, that just came out. It makes sense with the kinds of song structures Taylor creates, and and if you just listen to her voice in isolation on this record, I think you'll you'll realize she's been uh, telling these kinds of stories in this way for a long time. It's just a different frame.
0: What should we hear from uh, Taylor Swift's folklore?
2: One song really stood out to me, Bob, and it's called Seven. This is a a great example of Taylor pushing herself in terms of the kinds of lyrics she's writing. It's the story of a childhood friendship with a little bit of a dark undertone, so beautifully told. The music is just perfect. It just shows how um, Aaron Dessner's style and hers perfectly combine.
4: Please pick some
0: Taylor Swift coming in at number two. The number one record, and <laughs> Drum roll? I don't have a drum roll. I have, I have bells. Yay.
2: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> Can you think of a more deserving number one? I mean, wow. What a year Phoebe Bridgers had.
0: Yeah, Punisher was an extraordinary album.
2: Truly yeah. an extraordinary album. I think nobody... Uh, handled an album rollout better than Phoebe, too. She did an amazing Tiny Desk. Not to always go back to the Tiny Desk, but... Did it from quote-unquote the white house using a, a green <laughs> <Right>. screen <laughs> which which was something she did a lot of great live streaming uh to support this record which was a joy because you know for all the futuristic music we've heard on the show today and you know for all the different directions people have gone in music here is a classic singer-songwriter telling stories from her heart that sound just as great if it's just her and a guitar as they do in the beautiful arrangements on the record. One thing that struck me about Punisher is that it feels so intimate and so private, and she really is disclosing so much about herself. But the band really matters too. I mean, she made this record before quarantine, and, and she is supported by her collaborators, like Connor Oberst, you know, and her friends in the band, Boy Genius, who sing on the record. She's supported by them in a way that allows her to be even more intimate even more herself.
0: And these songs take twists and turns. Uh, I want to go out on uh, I Know the End, which is just only appropriate for so many reasons, <laughs> but the cathartic ending where she gets people doing cathartic screaming at I the know. end is really fantastic. For the Tiny Desk, she got fans to all send her screams and <laughs> various screams. So, Anne, it's been great counting down the top 20 with you. We're putting the list of 50 listener picks Up online, their albums, their favorite albums of 2020. Uh, But I think we should all go out, open the window wide. Uh, You might freak (laughs) a people out, but scream at the Uh end of this song
2: (laughs) or out of your car window, whatever you're doing.
0: Uh, It's been quite a year. And thank you. Ready for
2: 2021. Definitely ready. So ready.
0: Yes. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. For NPR Music, it's all songs considered Phoebe Bridgers. I know the end.
4: Somewhere in Germany, but I can't place it Man, I hate this part of Texas Close my eyes, fantasize Three clicks and I'm home When I get back, I'll lay around Then I'll get up and lay back down Romanticize a quiet life There's no place like my room You had to go, I know, I know, I know Like a wave that crashed and melted on the shore Not even the burnouts are out here anymore And you had to go, I know, I know, I know